everybody. Hey, friends. <laughs> it's the Wild West out here. It's the what? I don't know. <laughs> it's the Wild West in Groton Village. It's the Wild West. In what way? Uh, you, you know, you just never know what might happen that prevents you from recording your podcast. It's true. There are a lot of things. <laughs> what? Wild West. I don't know. Where did that come from? <clears throat> it fit. It did. I guess it did. <laughs> did that sound like did that sound like the Metallica song we were listening to yesterday? Which one? Unforgiven? The one that sounds like the Wild West. My guess is Unforgiven? Yeah. It starts off with like a trumpet. It's like Yep. Yeah. That was probably better than my rendition. Do yours. No. I'm over it now. You're over it now. Yeah. Hey, big number today. This is, I think, our 50th episode. Whoop, whoop. What is that in anniversaries? Is it silver? Is it silver? I think it is. I think it's our silver episode. Wow. 50 anniversary is silver. Yeah. What what do you think it is? I feel like it needs to be gold or diamonds or some shit. 50 is a lot of years. It is. But no, No, I think 20. It is because 25 is silver. That's right. Come on. So, yeah. Silver. <laughs> gold. Gold. Oh, yeah. Gold. Or golden. <clears throat> These happy golden years. Golden episode. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. That was the second reference to that this week. That's yeah. important. Cool. That and Jurassic Park. Huh. We already watched that this summer. I mean, I'm up for that almost all the time, but we could watch any of the other ones. Mm, no. See, we watch the new ones that are garbage with riff tracks. Okay, maybe that, but I don't really like the new ones, so... Well, no, nobody does. They're terrible. Okay. They're awful movies. Do you have any front desk scenarios this morning? Uh, afternoon? God, there's been... But no, there's so much going on. Yeah. I thought I did, Uh-huh. but I don't. Um, Do you? No, oh, I just, just want to bring up, uh, you know, our credentials. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. Well, because what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about the things that you want to do when you first get into a relationship with someone. If you think, and if you're in a place in your life where like you're into the long-term relationship game, not like frivolous dating that is just for funsies, you know, but like, you're like, okay, I'm in a place in my life where I want to be in a long-term relationship. And at some point, you get to this threshold where you're like, I don't really want to do this dating thing for like six months, eight months, whatever, and then find out that something is like, I don't love this term, but whatever. Deal breaker. Deal breaker. Um, Like, just get it out on the table. Mm. Is this about flopping your deal breakers out there in the beginning? Yeah. Just so you all know. I saw a funny TikTok kind of about that. Where a guy was like, oh, when you're dating someone and you show up to their house for the first time as a family gathering and they have traditions. Uh-huh. It was like he's sitting there while like they're singing happy birthday mm-hmm. and they sing this like super elongated 
oh, version that yes. just gets ridiculous and silly. And he's just like, <laughs> okay. What? Right. Like, you might as well just get this, like, right out there from the get-go, unless you feel like being in that space of, like, games and pretending and only bringing your best dressed archetypes to the table. Like, let, let's mm. just get into it. What I want to say whenever we start talking about relationship stuff, because, it's like, who are we? Who are we? Who, who are we to talk yeah, about we this shit? Have, well, we don't know. I have two answers to that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh. We're like both, like, we have no credentials. We have none. None. None credentialing that about would, that relationship pertain something. to this. Mm-hmm. Right. We have, we both have some we letters. Have other credentials. Other letters after our last name. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but also, like, we're just people going through the world and this stuff. Yeah. Why don't we have a valid perspective? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? It's like both nobody and somebody. Yeah, and you know, like, there's something to be said about other people, friends, people in your, you know, field of varying relationships, as well as total strangers, Mm. for all intents and purposes, saying things like, you guys should teach a class. (laughs) And how many times we've heard that? We have. We have. It's wild. Why. Every time I hear it, I'm like, wait, what? I don't know why. I don't know why either. I don't know why. And I always go to, sure. Sure. I don't know what my offering would be. <sighs> I really don't know because I can't imagine being asked a question in in like about a relationship. Mm. I'm like, I don't know. I just mostly do what she asked me to do without arguing. It's that simple, really. <laughs> I mean, it's really... I, I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. Probably. And you're right. It's like Actually, you know what? It's not. Don't make this more complicated for oh, me than it already okay. needs to be. Just be like, yeah, that's exactly that's it. That's it. Just do exactly what is requested. Yeah. Well, yeah. we we recently heard that idea about we, teaching a class. Is that yesterday? <laughs> yes, that's God yesterday. Days are That was yesterday. Bleeding into each other. We went yeah. to the sweetest Little, I've never been there before. So. Falcon Optical. Falcon Optical. In Dryden, New York. <laughs> Cutest little place, like small, local, owned business, absolutely totes adorbs. They're great. Yeah. Susan and, Susan and Rich were fantastic. Ah, uh, absolutely. And I can't remember what the doctor's name was that she was working in in the back room. I didn't actually yeah, get like to talk to her. Eye doctor. Was, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it... It just is a very, very sweet place. And so you go in. I mean, Matt has decided uh, to not wear glasses for three years. Well, I had not decided. Like, I haven't, like, that decision was made three years ago. Yes. I've since made a different decision. Yes. He made that decision. Right. Well, it was quarantine. It was March of 2020. I didn't need my glasses to sit 15 feet from our 65-inch TV. And it's like, this is silly. I don't want to wear them anymore. I don't need them. I'm not going anywhere. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then by the time it was like going places, I'm like, I don't want to wear them. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. I probably lost them. Don't know where they are. Oh. Definitely didn't need need them. Well, and I blame the DMV. You blame the DMV. <laughs> okay. 
Because this started off as as your, you know, eh, I think I can get away with this thing, right? Yes, totally. However, you are a double Virgo and an Enneagram one. So in the back of your mind, it's highly likely that there was a nagging, um, am I breaking some kind of rule, not fulfilling my prescription? Not, and oh, like disclosing this to the DMV? Is that I mean, you, you can't just like take your shirt off in the middle of a recording. I'm so distracted right now. I'm slouching. My my belly is hanging over my belt, so maybe that helps. Well, I love your belly. I'm very very distracted. It's hot. Okay, where? what was I saying? Oh my God, you're talking about the DMV. (laughs) Well, that's a mood killer. Okay. (laughs) Close your eyes, think about the DMV. You will not be turned on. Um, Sweet Jesus. And so you went to the DMV because you needed to renew your license? Mm-hmm. Because you turned forty during the pandemic, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Is it, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I think I or changed the address, something. something like that, something. Right. So they had to do the little eye testy yeah. thing. It's like, do you need to wear glasses? I said, I don't think so. He said, <laughs> read this line on the letters behind me on the wall, and I did. And he turned around. And he's like, that's that was right said okay thank then no glasses please so then it became on an official document that you do not need to wear glasses <laughs> to operate heavy machinery <laughs> and and once you had some kind of seal of official approval i think that that switched over you know a little button in your brain that was like this is sanctioned behavior i'm not breaking any rules possible and yet we've gone on some car trips yep and periodically when we're driving and I'm like, oh, you need to get off at exit, la, 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 la. And you don't see that exit. I until mean, it's st- you have to stop saying that. In front of us. That's- and then you're like, wait, this is the exit. And I'm like, yeah, I I saw that sign like right. forever ago. There have been a lot of moments <clears throat> of, you can read that? You read that from here? How did yes. you be able to read that? With my eyeballs. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, and I thought we were pretty far away. <laughs> and you're like, no, no, that's, you should be able to read it from how far away we were. Yeah. Ugh. And then add on top of that layer anytime you're driving at night. Yeah. And there have been a few times where you're like, hmm, I can't see really well. And yeah. I'm like, this is very concerning to me. Yeah. So we get to the adorable Falcon Optical. And I'm there as moral support. Well, you're there as helping me pick glasses. I can't pick them for myself. Fashion advice. Fashion advice. And safe driving post your pupils being really right. gigantic. They were, they were, yeah, I couldn't. Because they put the little medicines yeah. in there. I mean, I definitely remember getting eye exams like in Vermont and oh. driving home. <laughs> but like, no way could I do that now. There's no rules in Vermont. Not, I mean, it, I was also probably 10 years younger. Right. And you were probably, well, I think it's kind of a universal rule that when they've dilated your eyeballs, you're not supposed to drive for like an, yeah. a, an hour. The woman, the doctor said the drops last like four hours. So oh. you'll be back. You, she, you'll be fine in four hours. And I was definitely noticing it in like two hours. It was okay. But yeah. Yeah. When I first actually walked out to the car to get my sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, That's oh rough. my God. This, I just see lights. Yeah. Light is so bright. Yeah. So we're picking out the glasses, making glasses decisions, trying things on, deciding like that you in fact need 
two pairs of glasses. <laughs> so those are like, that's like a lot of decisions all at once. I should, I do have my prescriptions. I should go to like to Rite Aid and see if I can pick up a pair just to have on the side, just in case. Of cheaters? Of cheaters. <laughs> <laughs> so cutesy. Yeah. Um, when the doctor said that, she said, after the eye exam, she said, well, you crossed a milestone in our visit today. I said, oh, I think I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> sure did, Pop and, Pop. Then I thought, Jeannie's going to love this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's accurate. Yeah. I mean, I want you to be able to see, but I do think you're cute seeing glasses. Okay. So, uh, I mean, when I met you, you wore glasses every day. Yeah, it's true. So, you know. However, we're we're doing this process. We're talking about, like, the glasses, the fit, the frames. Which ones? Do you get progressives? Do you get transitions, all the fancy glasses words that I learned about literally yesterday, because thankfully, I have perfect vision. Otherwise, I don't know what would happen because I don't have perfect hearing. (laughs) So one of us has got to be able to hear and one of us has got to be able to see. We should just watch that movie, Hear No Evil, (laughs) See No Evil. Yeah. You know, the Richard Pryor Mm -hmm. and Gene Wilder. Wilder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the... Uh, well, if anyone doesn't know who's listening, I think Richard Pryor is blind and Gene Wilder is deaf. And between the two of them, they witness a murder. Oh, wow. Like that's the that's the premise of the movie. Well, let's not channel that. Well, I'm just saying. Also, it'd be interesting to watch nowadays. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Who knows? It might hold up. It might really it might be, not. Really be dated. Who knows? Yeah, we could have a Revenge of the Nerd situation. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> okay. So we're going through this process and um, Rich, the man who owns Falcon Optical, uh, he was like, you guys should teach a class. <laughs> well, he didn't like, that wasn't the first thing he said to us. No, he wasn't well, like, obviously. Welcome to my story. We're in the middle of right. this whole he's, like he's process. Observing, while he's like going in and out of his office, like making Things. adjustments to lenses and frames and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's why he's observing the process of like I'm putting glasses on, looking right at you, not even at the mirror. Like, what do you think? Is it worth looking at? And yep. Susan is helpful also. Yep. And taking in all the input. And he yeah, he did comment. He's like, You guys yeah. And he compared it to another couple that he saw in the not too distant past, how the woman was picking out glasses and looking at frames, and the guy he said was just sitting in like the waiting area chairs, not being helpful, not participating, right. just kind of like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's fine. You just do it. You know, I'll be here when you're done kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was it was also because when you went in for the actual eye exam, mm. I was like, all right, explain to me, person who knows nothing about glasses, like, what is a transition lens? What is a progressive lens? What is the difference between having you know, the glasses that he wears when he's reading compared to the glasses that he wears when he's driving and why is it different? And so by the time you came out of your eye exam, I had kind of a plan of what made the most sense in my brain as somebody who's never worn glasses in their life. Um, And so when we were talking about it, I just turned to you and I was like, I think this is what we want to do. And you were like, yeah, that makes sense. Like You're going to just, I feel like, (laughs) well, also you could have just led with that as soon as I came out of that room. There was like, we were talking about like, oh, I wonder, definitely need distance, but what about this? What do we need? I mean, you could have been like, here's what I think we should do. I understand. I could have done that. And I think, you know, it's, (laughs) 
it's not awesome in relationship situation since we're here just doling out our opinions and advice um to be like so i made a decision without you about a thing that's going on your face every day like that's not a baseline to start you would not have said here are the here are the frames we're got we're getting um here's what they're each for i made this decision go wait in the car (laughs) (laughs) if you had said to me like here's what i've been thinking here's what i've been looking at here's what i think yeah and you would have been the next thing out of your mouth would have been what do you think right and not in like a patronizing well uh, what do you think like it matters teehee kind of thing it would have been like what is your opinion and i Mm -hmm. think that would have been totally fine you can't like you know when you say you don't want me to really ask you what dinner is, just yes. like having a plan and presenting it? Absolutely. Kind of the same thing. Yep. You could always say something like, here's what I think we should do. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is because we have a level of trust mm. in our relationship where we genuinely know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if our partner is making a decision that's going to impact us, mm that it comes from the most heart-centered, oh, yeah. thought-out space. And yeah. and so it it never f- would feel like, oh, you're taking away my decision-making, <laughs> you know, abilities or you're controlling the situation. Like, it's it genuinely comes from a place of, I'm going to be of assistance right. and be of use to you in this moment and be of service to you in this moment. Right. And you can trust that and receive that in a way that feels like, it's it's caregiving in a way. It doesn't feel like right. overbearing or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And uh, if there are any other future situations you feel like absolutely controlling, <laughs> you go right ahead. <laughs> Full permission. <clears throat> I will not say the next thing that I was going to say about that because... Thank you. Probably family members listen to this podcast and uh, I'm going to behave. It's fine. I'm behave. It's just reference to maritals. <laughs> <laughs> Coitus. <laughs> I wasn't even going to say that. Do we even get to the point? Like, I mean, we did we mention what Rich said? We said, mm-hmm. yeah, like he's yeah. like you. He watched our dynamic, mm-hmm. and it's it's so interesting. People, first of all, I don't know. It's funny that they feel comfortable enough to be like comment on something like that or like an, or, or at least have a feeling about viewing a couple doing something as mundane as picking out glasses can say to, can give them a clue as to like oh you guys look like you function pretty well i know you know what i mean and it there's that and also i had this idea and i told this to you on the way home which could be a future discussion topic is Jobs or professions or roles in whatever society um, that could double as like advice, marriage slash relationship advice, mm-hmm. solely because of the amount of couples they yep. see on a daily basis interacting. Absolutely, you know, like if you see a couple picking out eyeglasses for mm-hmm. forty-five minutes, you know what I mean. <laughs> that can give you a good clue yep. as to what their dynamic is, but you never would be like, "Oh, Rich at Falcon Optical gave me." A great, like, he told a story about how he thinks, like, we should teach a class because of what he witnessed compared to someone else that he witnessed. And I thought of other jobs like that or other 
roles people have where they witness that regularly and could offer insight. What are some of those jobs? I don't know. All I got was like, well, I mean, there's the obvious one and not particularly relationshipy slash marriagey. Like, you know, you wouldn't be like, oh, a couples therapist. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but like a wedding coordinator slash planner. Yep. Even though it's pretty tied to relationship and marriage, but I think that's a good one too. Oh, I think that they probably can predict the success rate. <laughs> like, right. Well, I think then the woman who helped plan our wedding mm-hmm. say that she's yep. like, we can, we have seen couples throughout yeah. the years. We have just through observation because yep. of the planning and all the stresses that get involved and how they handle it. You had a good one too. What did you say? Uh, I said a dance instructor. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Like if you're learning. If you're learning to dance right. for, I mean, of course, we we took a dance class right. for our wedding. Right. Um, but if you go and take a dance class together, I mm. bet you that instructor trying to teach a couple yeah. to do a particular dance with specific steps and, you know, and essentially you could just take that to the next level, right? Of like, get together, hire someone to teach you both how to do a thing that, was, that you have never done before. That was my next thought. Was, yeah, to take a lesson in something yeah, uh, like that. Or like whenever you see someone trying to teach their partner something, like that's another, that's a, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a whole separate beast, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the perfect segue. Oh. Perfect segue into the main topic. Ooh. Do we have any segue sounds? Do we? I don't know. We do now. Oh. Hey. Ah, post-production is so cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we talk about this a lot because, you know, just observing people in relationship. And of course, we have three children who, Mm. you know, have dated and been in and out of relationships and and things like that. And it's like, I remember the days where we were early on in getting to know one another Mm. And we both at that point in our lives, like over 30 years old, you know, we're like, we're just going to lay it out there. <laughs> that We're just going to, we're going to lay it out there. Right. It, this is not going to be something behind the veil. Um, and I think that there are both things that you want to do right away and also simply conversations that you want to do mm. and have right away. Yeah. Um, and when, when people start seeing each other, like there's a significant amount of just small talk that happens. And I've read this interesting thing that was like in early on in a relationship in particular, the feelings that you feel for that person that you're seeing is actually you falling for yourself. Really? Because you first love who you are with that person, right. not necessarily loving that person because you, you don't know them deep enough to right. know. Are you falling in love again with like the version of yourself you're presenting? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Or the the version of yourself that this person that you're hanging out with like inspires you to be, mm, you know, right. or, or pulls out of you. Like, you know, you start hanging out with this person and suddenly you both decide you love hiking all over I the I knew place. you were going to say hiking. Really? I did. You're just reading my mind now. I was just like, ugh. Ugh, hiking. hiking. We like to walk on flat surfaces. Yeah. Places. I don't like hiking. I know. It's never been a thing that we've 
I don't um, like it anymore. I've been on hikes. I've walked sure. outside a ton. I mean, I'll hike when there's a destination that I like want to see him when I was in Peru and we would right. go on hikes to sacred sites. Like, mm, sure. Yeah. I'll hike up a whole damn mountain to be yeah. at a sacred site. But like, let's spend every weekend hiking. It's just never going to be let's me. walk in <clears> a <throat> big forest circle. <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you. Um, so like you, you might start doing new things or reinvigorating a thing that you mm. used to do because you have someone who's into it with you. Yep. And that brings out like you realizing how much you love this version of yourself. Mm. Um, and so that's something to just kind of keep in mind as you are, because I think that the reason that we hold back those cards of like, listen, I'm going to get right to it. <laughs> I need a whole lot of physical touch. I mm. need you to... Physically touch my body all the time. Did I'm, we mention the topic? Like, yeah. Did we state it, the thesis statement of this part? Did we I, say it? I thought we did. I'm not sure. You say it. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like conversations? It's like conversations to have when you're starting to date someone. And this is like a new paradigm where, like, instead of either hiding the parts that you maybe not like about yourself, you kind of lead with them mm-hmm. and say, like, here's some stuff about me. Like, how do you have the conversation? You should have the conversation. What do you do when you're angry? Yeah. Right? It's like those conversations. We're saying, throw them up front. Yep. Or throw them before date three. Yep. Yes. Before the three date mark, here are the things. We're, like, inverting this mm-hmm. dating pyramid, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, what do we throw into the front that we usually don't? Yeah. Yeah. And and I think the reason that we don't throw them to the front is because there's this brain drug <laughs> that goes on when you're first seeing someone and you th- you perceive that you like them so much that if you were to ruin that in some way, you would you would feel like just heartbroken mm. that like you blew it. Right. But so you have to keep in mind that like that feeling, that dopamine, that whatever it is that's flooding your brain is actually you loving yourself. And so you have to put your shit right out on the mm. table so that you're not in this loop of like, I've spent all this time. I've done all this effort to be with this person. And now I found yeah. out that, you know, when he's angry, he literally explodes and, you know, yells at everybody and slams things and leaves the house. Like that's a deal breaker for me. Mm. So I'd rather know that. Like, what do you Mm. do when you're angry? What do you, how do you act when you're tired and hungry? Mm. Like, yeah, it's like, there's a scene. We've probably talked about this many times before that Billy Crystal movie, forget Paris. where like, he has this woman he meets in Paris. They want to get married or have a relationship and they break it off for a little bit, but then like they reunite in the middle of the movie and they don't even have like a, I'm so glad to see you conversation. They have the Frank and cordial, like, well, I squeeze the toothpaste from the middle. Yeah. Like, I, hate, I that. hate that. Hate that. Okay. <laughs> you know, and it's like a scene of that. Yep. And yeah. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> what do you do when you're, okay. So, wow. Falling in love with yourself. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You have to, you have to just keep that in the back of your mind. Otherwise it just becomes this loop of, I could, I could mess this up. Yeah. And the feeling that you have at that point, that early stage of a relationship, you can't mess that, that up because you're in love with yourself. Yeah. This is like the reverse <clears throat> Raj from Big Bang. Mm. Like, I feel like that character always tried to like be likable and be something yeah. that he wasn't. And he would often really try hard to hold back 
who he was. All the things that really that he really loved and wanted in a relationship for yep. fear of like scaring someone away when like we should have led with that. Yes. And then people leave and don't want to be with you. It's fine. They would have found that out anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So if we're saying by date three. By date three. So what's date one? I think I think that date one is like, you know, I think that at that point it is still a bit of like, this is who I am. And this is what I'm interested in. Yeah. Do, like This is like the high fidelity date where like the books, movies, stuff yep. you read and watch and listen to, the music, yep. like mm-hmm. that stuff's important. That stuff's important. And so like that's the, that's the, that's the right. one of the. Because do we have overlap there? Are there mm, any deal breakers there? Right. You know, I don't like, think there would ever be a deal breaker in those three categories for Anyone. I mean, you. Like, I, I mean, just, <laughs> because I was thinking of another TikTok where someone said, uh, it was like random interview on the street, and it was something like, um, it was about basically Taylor Swift. And uh-huh. it was like, oh, yeah. You know, what do you do if she's a huge Taylor Swift fan or whatever? Right. And some people were like, meh, she's blah, 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 or whatever. And I'm like, I couldn't mm. care less. Yeah. <laughs> that's your thing that's your i mean thing. you weren't super psyched that i like dave matthews but you know. right that was still some 20 something <laughs> snobbiness clinging but uh-huh. never in such a way um well it's hard because they're like you know if you're a mega fan and it's like i'm gonna listen to this do you get politics out of the way on the first date uh, i mean i i think that like a lot of this is kind of checked in regards to dating apps. Yeah. So like if people are meeting on dating apps, I'll probably a lot uh, of that stuff is covered. You can kind of like see at least at a very superficial level what people are willing to disclose on their dating app. Right. In regards to like political affiliation. Um, I don't know. I mean, you would think so, but you know, people lie. People definitely lie. You know? Yeah. So like we're going to, we're going to assume that these conversations, even though, you could glean some of this from a dating profile. The conversation still needs to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like It does. So, I don't know if, I don't know, if you were like, you love Dave Matthews. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Right. Those are, those are pretty low risk. Right. Categories. And like you said, <clears throat> I think some of it has to do with where people are in their life and how attached they are. You know, yeah. like I've definitely had co-workers in the past to be like oh i would never date somebody that's a eagles fan you know and it's like oh okay <laughs> like like what and and so Ugh, and why not get those get those preferences out there if it is a preference or a deal breaker like you might as well get it out on the first date right. because otherwise what are you doing and right. yeah like if i brought home a red Sox eagles fan mm. oof. Yeah. No, I mean, jokingly. I don't think. Mm-hmm. If you were like, hey, dad, <laughs> is the Giants game on? Oh, they're playing the Eagles? Sweet. That's my mm-hmm. favorite team. You know, if you were a Red Sox Eagles fan, <laughs> it would be almost a source of amusement. Instead, I had the perfect answer to dad's question about <laughs> sports ball. What was, what was the answer? Well, he was like, do you have a, you know, do you have a football team that uh-huh. you like? And I was like, I don't know anything about football except that I know that I don't like the Eagles or the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. And he was like, 
That's a good answer. That is a good answer. And I was like, I can read the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those things were those conversations are important. The top five question, where it's like your top five, whatever, or yeah. like that. I, I don't know. I think that reveals a lot. Oh, a hundred percent. I think that you can learn so much from just asking someone, you know, like, what are the top five places that you would travel to? Or, you know, you say, what's a artist book or movie that you hate? Oh, that is equally revealing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because if someone was like, I actually don't like Star Wars at all. Yeah. Like that would not be sustainable. Total deal breaker. And just because of how much of a cornerstone that is mm-hmm. in my upbringing. And now, what if the answer was, I've never seen Star Wars? Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to be a snob about what anyone has or has not seen. Mm-hmm. Because, like, life is weird. You don't, you know, you don't know what you were exposed to until someone else exposed you to it. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, you haven't seen my favorite thing? I get to show that to you. And maybe that's kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> date two. Date two. Oh, that's all date one? Yeah. I think it's enough to sustain date one. All right, date two. I mean, that's the political affiliation. Mm-hmm. That's a... Uh, do you yep. like... Do you go through like... Politics and religion. Who's your favorite president? <laughs> <laughs> Who is the best president in American history? <laughs> Oh, yes. that's funny. Yeah. Totally. Or that. prime minister or whatever. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think periods in history is also an interesting thing. Like, what do you, like, does that reveal as much as, like, your favorite president kind of thing? I don't know. Or at least maybe, it's I don't know. It's pretty niche, honey. It is. And that kind of covers in, like, the book reading kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I but think yeah. that it's the next level of, you know, like, what you want to know about one another and what you want the other person to know about you. And, and I think that this is the conversation. Like if you have a second date and in your mind, you're like, I am seeking long-term relationship. Yes. If you have not had that conversation via whatever platform is out there, um, that is the like, is are you looking to hook up mm. or are you looking for a long term scenario? Because <laughs> hook up. <laughs> is that what the kids are saying these days? I don't know. Are they talking or something? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to go from dating to talking? <laughs> Would you like are we seeing each other? St- are we keeping it loose? What a stupid, stupid status. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's more fun than going through the teenage years with the children and hearing all these different statuses of yeah. relationships. Like we're not, we're talking, but we're not talking, talking, <laughs> talking. Again, it was amazing. Getting over that. Um, yeah. Religion too. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, Spirituality, mm. whatever your perspective is on it, mm. um, experience with it. Like, honestly, I think that it's, it's second date too, where you, where you maybe talk about things that are like, these are, these are like sensitive subjects for mm. me, you know, like yeah. these are things that we don't joke about. We don't, you know, um, learning about your partner's sense of humor and having <laughs> a, uh, having that mesh yeah. is really important. That is. I mean, I, mean I think it is. I'm trying to think of some jokes that I've made 
not unrecently and wondering <laughs> if I made them in the first week if they would have landed. Oh, I wish that you had an example. I, I couldn't even think. Yeah, I can't think of any, but I mean, Jesus. I make a lot of off-color jokes. A lot of Not like a lot of them. I mean, enough You actually wh- make more like niche jokes. Yeah. That but if again, people if don't are- know the reference, they're not going True. to understand how funny you are. <laughs> Which I don't mean to do to be snobby. I just am pulling from what I remember. Uh-huh. Like I don't I'm just going through the card catalog in my brain. Which you remember a lot of obscure references. Right. And I don't, I don't, like, I appreciate it if someone makes an obscure reference and I get it. I'm like, wow, that was really funny. Mm-hmm. But if someone doesn't understand, I'm not like, you Philistine, you haven't seen the burbs. <laughs> you know, I'm not. You haven't seen the entire catalog of everything Tom Hanks has ever done. What is wrong seen, with you? You haven't seen volunteers? <laughs> what is wrong with you? Like, I don't, I don't, I try mm. not to be snobby about that because. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm trying to not do that. And it's easier to not do that as I get older because I just don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know? True. True. I think that um, probably something that is second date worthy is conversations would be a conversation around like if you had 24 hours to do whatever you wanted to do, oh. what would that 24 hours look like? Wow. Because you're going to get so much information. And the key here is everybody's got to be honest. So you can be like, oh, I would, you know, write my grandmother a handwritten <laughs> letter. You know, like, no, seriously, well, if if you received a phone call, it's like, oh, you know, like, you don't have to come into work tomorrow or the next day. Um, the power's out. Like, you're just blessed with an immediate amount of free time. Mm. How are you feeling that free time? Mm. Because you're going to get a lot of information about what somebody's priorities are. Yeah. Mm, that's good. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Do you, now here's the thing. Do you come to the second date having taking the Enneagram test and show up be like, I am a one. Like, how does that, that's got to get weaved in. I think that these are, I, I think these go back actually to first date conversation. Like oh. Enneagram type, astrological sign, top three. Like your top three astrological sun, moon, rising, uh, minimally. I still, I still don't know what that means. I mean, probably even sun, moon, rising, Venus, if you're talking about a relationship with somebody. Oof, that's, you know what? You said Venus. I was thinking what their Venus is. Uh huh. Nope. Do you know your Venus sign? Nope. No idea. We just talked about this when Venus was in retrograde. <laughs> oh. Lordy, lordy, what is it? lordy. Libra. Oh, doesn't mean a lot to me. Sorry. Okay. Um, I think that those things are important aspects of how a person moves through the world. And it doesn't mean that people have to come to that first date knowing what these things are because a lot of mm. people don't. Right. I mean, this is almost like a it's on the profile. Right. Right. I, I think I would say like someone like you want to be like, are you willing to find out mm. together yeah. what your Enneagram type yeah. is, what your astrological signs are so that we can look at how these things, at least from that perspective right. in mesh. I mean, as I'm saying this, I'm sure that that's somebody's deal breaker right there. <laughs> what? Oh yeah. Oh, totally. Well, that's fine then because totally. if that's your deal, it's like, I can't be with someone that 
talks about believes Enneagram. in astrology. Yeah, talks about the Enneagram. Uh-huh. Like, okay, like I view the world very different through that lens mm-hmm. often. Yep, because that means you're a four, and I don't want to be with you anyway. <laughs> That's not what that means. So sassy. Um, so I think that, yeah, I think that that goes back to like, you know, what you what you are in the world, how you present in the world. So that's a first date thing. Mm. Um, I think that second date gets a little bit deeper. And I honestly think that by third date, like – Really, you're talking about like, what are your values? Mm. What are, how do you experience money mm. and like currency and work in the world? What do you think about family and what is your, you know, level or interest in, in having a family? Um, I think that those are important things. And I also honestly think that your third date should be an excursion. Like, oh, yeah, it's like right. three hours away, two, three hours away. Like you have to get into the car. You have to plan to go somewhere. You have to navigate directions, someplace that neither of you have been. And you have to be in that state of like discomfort right. of not being in a space that you're comfortable with. Like, fine. First date can be at the place that one person chooses. Second uh-huh. date can be at the place where the other person chooses. Third date, you gotta go somewhere. It's gotta be at least 150 miles away. At least, at least, very least. Yeah, it it's like it's the second that you step out of what is comfortable, what is routine, what you know, a different vibrational side comes out, and like I could feel it immediately. Like how do how do you navigate like <laughs> being in the car together? taking a wrong turn. How do you navigate like someone being in control of directions, someone being in control of the driving? Um, and how do you communicate around that? <laughs> it's important third date shit right there. Yeah, it is. Um, when you talk about like, so we mentioned it before, what do you look like when you're angry, upset, mm-hmm. bummed out? Yep. Yeah. Like how do you want to be treated when you're pissed off. Right. Like, cause some people want to rush in to be like, I will fix it. Let me be here with you. And some people are like, get away from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's a really, I mean, any, any conversation around how there is a processing for hard or uncomfortable emotionality. So it can be any of it. Like when you are at max stress, how do you prefer to be interacted with? Um, do you like it when people help you problem solve? Or do you like it when people give you space so that you mm. can problem solve on your own? All of those are important conversations to have. Yeah. Definitely by the third date if, you know, if it hasn't come prior to that. I mean, like, how would it? Unless it like a situation, unless like that third date away presented, mm-hmm. gave you a situation where like someone got angry. Yeah. And then you got to witness that. Yep. And then I have to deal. So mm, this could be in your future. Yeah. Ew. How do you handle someone being ill? Ew. You know, what is your caregiving style? Do you do you have one? Do you not have one? How do you like to be cared for when you're like, get away from me. I'm barfing. 
Or are you like, come rub my back while <laughs> I'm barfing? It's a big difference. Rub my back while I'm barfing. Who are those people? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, there's a difference if like you're wasted. If you're drunk and your friend's taking care of you, holding your hair back while you're barfing. Oh, that's different than like, you have the stomach bug? Yes. <laughs> Why? I can't catch your... Your, your uh, alcohol contagious. i can't catch your alcohol binging oh so it's a very specific so that's a very like what happens when one of the spouses is contagious <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that funny you should mention that yeah because for the second time you just got over covid i did i did i did you're really great at taking care of me though because you don't hover and like over try to like because I'm just like, I feel so awful. Yeah. Just let me be in my awfulness. I mean, that's where we, that's where I default to because it's come kind of the same way. Yeah. Yeah. And you're also like attentive in the sense that it's like, can I get you food? Can I get you something to drink? Do you need anything else? Great. I'm running away because you're gross. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. we, um, we kind of have the same vibe around that. Like, I don't really need heavy, heavy, caregiving when i'm ill mm. um i i need like support in mm. doing the normal things that i can't do so that i can just be sick just be sick just, so be sick. just be just gross let me be gross mm-hmm. <laughs> yep oh what else happens anything else need to happen by the third by date three i mean i don't think so but i think again this is all in the context of you are very clear that you would like a long-term partnership. Mm. So I think that very close thereafter next steps are the friend groups, the people who are the closest to you. Yeah. You know, like friends, like if, if your plan is to be together for a long time and there's a hesitation to, to introduce each other to your friends, you know, I don't, that's that's a little rough. I yeah. think that where you can hold back is when you're introducing a new person to your children. Mm. Yeah. Because children don't understand a lot of the dynamics of right. adult relationship. And um, and they can get very attached to people very mm. quickly. Yeah. So, you know, you want to get through that first do we, don't we, is this, isn't it, before mm. you introduce them to children. But best friends. Yeah. Hell yeah. Need to know who you're seeing so that there is that. I don't know. I think it's one of the biggest red flags ever. What kind of influence are they having? (laughs) Oh, wait, like a red flag. If let's say like you didn't mesh with my friend group, that would be a red flag. No, no. The red flag is being unwilling to introduce a potential partner to your friend group. Mm. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Oh, totally. Like, what? Yeah, what? What is the? We're we're all adults, right? Like, I can't introduce you to a, a new person, or, or you're not interested in introducing me to your people. Like, mm. then, mm, I mean, to me, that would be like, okay, like, you're not really invested then, because when we are invested in anything, we share it with the people that we're the closest to. Doesn't matter what it is, like taking yeah. a class, you know, going on a trip. We're like, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. So if there's a holding back there, that's like a that's a clear sign in my brain that's good yeah yeah i think it's necessary um i think that that proceeds if people get through date three get through friend groups um now, what, uh, well, what 
Sorry, go ahead. At what point do families get brought in? I mean, it's a little bit harder if you're older because family might live far away. Right. Like, I mean, I'm just thinking of like when you would have met my sister Mm. pretty early on, fairly early on, I think, if she was like local, not in a different time zone. Yeah. And sisters are probably different than parents. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a yeah, it's a different level of being evaluated. <laughs> <laughs> Is it better or worse? I don't know. Different level of like, would you? I mean, you met my sister, uh-huh. and then you had already met dad. Yes, it was, briefly. It was Memorial Day weekend. It's like Colleen came home first. Yep. And then my parents got home, like because they were out. Like yes. we got the house first. So like, was that better? Like what? Like what was the energetic difference between the two, as far as like your interactions with them or how you felt about it? I mean, I think I was honestly more nervous about meeting your sister than I was mm. about meeting your parents because, like, she's your peer. She's younger, yeah, but she's still your peer and a close friend. And I think sometimes, like, we can, if our parents don't like somebody that we're seeing, we can chalk it up to a lot of things. It's true, you know, like we. <laughs> It's easy to explain why, oh, you know, like they're the parents are doing the parental thing mm. or it's a generational thing or it's a, you know, right. cultural thing. If your sibling doesn't like right. your partner, like that's, that's hard. And so it felt the most pressure was meeting your sister mm. and then mom. Uh, it was. <laughs> you <laughs> it was, already had dad in your back pocket. It was you intimidating. Fine. You know, dad's age bracket, though, is like my Ballywick. So <laughs> it is. I can. It's your wheelhouse. This really is my wheelhouse. It's like, true. you know, most of my private clients in the yoga world that have identified as male have been dad's age demographic. <laughs> um, and yeah, I wasn't, I was not concerned about dad at all. But, and it was nice, too, that I got to meet him but I couldn't say yes to dinner that first time. Right. Because I was busy. So it was like, I could just be like, hey. Hi. (laughs) Hi. Peace. Bye. (laughs) It was pretty like, not like I'm coming to stay at your house for a long weekend. Right. Like sleep here and everything. Like, ooh. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was, it was more intimidating to meet Colleen than Mm. mom and dad. I can see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Siblings are always, especially if they're close, right? Like it's like the sibling peer group. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, especially if they're close, that's different than the peer group. I think it's an extra level of like closeness or intensity that yeah. could be hard to, it could be intimidating. I mean, you met mom right away, basically. Yeah, but again, I am charming as shit. Oh my Lord. I am. It just oozes out of me. I can't help it. You are not. And the I'm con- not lying. You, you are know. not the concern in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good with parents. I'll never forget when the kids were like, where's Matt? And I was like, he's with your grandmother. And they were like, no, what do you mean? <laughs> She's going to scare him. She's going to say something like completely outlandish or something. And I'm like, I think Matt can handle it. <laughs> I think Matt was prepared. Matt was, was prepared. He was versed. He was. For any out of pocket stuff. Nothing. Oh, Val's going to say. Nice out of pocket. She's just out of pocket. She is out of pocket. So I think this is a pretty good uh, dating paragraph. We should try to publish. I don't know where you would publish this. The new. Every every now and then, I think in the movie Swingers, 
Uh-huh. You know, the, uh, John Favreau and Vince Vaughn? Yeah. Okay. Right. But the, there's like a blurb on the like the poster or the box of the DVD or whatever. It's like, so-and-so hip and cool and redefined dating in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a, what a dated and lame sentence. Yeah. But I think we just could reinvent dating in the, the 2020s. 2020s. Yeah. I think yeah. this is how it has to be. Quit screwing around. Quit screwing around. No one's got time. No one, don't waste my time. No. I mean, maybe if you're in your 20s, you can screw around. I guess. But you're like... wasting time. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you're going to date someone for six months who like you kind of like. Kinda in your 20s, wanna... though, you don't even know who you are. So it's, it's like, whatever it's to true. that. But the second that like, you have that internal, like intrinsic desire to... So is it the new Gen X? This is Gen... It has to be generational because it will age... It will change with this is them. Gen X dating. Well, I mean Gen X now. Gen X now. Yeah. So like, old if you are, like us. if you are an old fart like us, then stop screwing around. This is how you do it. <laughs> this is how you do. And stop screwing around. Like, what are you waiting for? Yeah. What are you waiting for? I don't know. I love it. I don't know. I think we just we we hit on something genius. Okay. It wouldn't be like Xennials. Because millennials aren't yet falling in this category because they're still maybe at... Uh, they might be in their mid-30s. Millenni- millennials? So it's sexennial dating. Then. We are very old millennials. We could be. We are on the very old millennial side. Okay. So there are millennials in their 30s who also, I would say, like, don't waste your time in your 30s. Yeah. I mean, just don't. Yeah. And I think that it's important to keep in mind, right, that like, yes, absolutely, you want to have the thought of like, I can't imagine my life without this person. I read this sweetest thing that Ryan Gosling said about his wife, Ava Mendez, Mm. which I'm like, how do you not only say awesome things about your wife when <laughs> she's Ava Mendes? Um, very true. But they were in some show together or some movie where they were like, they were married and they had children. Mm-hmm. And he had this realization in that moment of like, I don't want to have children without this person. Mm. And we've been pretending to be married and to have and have children for this amount of time that it took to shoot and i don't want the pretending to end mm. like i don't want to stop having this dynamic with this woman and so of course like there's that romanticism that goes in it's like you can't imagine a part of your life not including this person and i think that it's important to com- to say repeatedly that you also want to be like this is the worst side of this person <laughs> And I can live with that. Right. We can we can work with this. I can live with that. And not like, like work with it, like change yeah. it, but like this is... And if it never changes, mm. that's totally fine. Right. Like, it, like, that's the thought. It's like, not to say that we're not constantly self-improving and evolving and, and being reflective, but if you're in a relationship with someone and there is something about them that if it never changes, mm. it's going to drive you insane and build resentment. Peace out immediately. Peace out immediately. Peace right. out. Peace what out. if this behavior never changes? What if it never changes? What a great question. Or what if this person, you know, their behavior does change because they evolve and they grow through and then something happens where they 
they get really depressed and they revert back to that behavior mm. or they get ill and like like if this is something that is part of their personality and their identity and you're banking mm. like not just right. like, oh, it'd be great if there was some evolution around how a, this person processes this particular there's emotion. There's a lot of banking on people changing. A lot. When that mm-hmm. is not, not a good look. the default. No. I mean, it's, that's a hard road. No. And there's, and interestingly, or paradoxically, there's also a lot of not wanting the other person to change. Mm. So both things are often present. It's like, on one hand, I'm like, this has got to change. This has got to right. change. This has got to change. But here's all these things over here that I love about you. And those better not change at all. Don't change in the ways I already like you. Right. Change the shit <clears throat> that bugs me. And, you know, like that, this is where it's like, if you're ready to enter a long-term relationship, you are entering through the lens of 100% engagement. <sighs> And 100% not attachment. That's tough. I'm at about 55% attachment. (laughs) Somewhere between 48 and 55 on any given day. What is the thing, one thing about me that you wish never changes? The way you almost seem to will or manifest things you want and believe in. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's going anywhere. I don't think so. And like whether I want it to or not. Ah. Yeah. Because you were like manifesting buying a house. I was like, this is a whole lot of freaking work. Uh-huh. <laughs> but mm-hmm. I love every second of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You're going to say that? What are you Might think? I reciprocate? Yeah, fucking better. Of course I am. This is part of the question game rules. You can ask any question you want, oh. but you got to answer it too. Mm. Um, I hope your sense of humor never changes. Oh. Fair. Yeah. That's good. It's good. Am I that? Fu- I mean, I'm that funny to you, and that's all that matters. You're so funny. I only need to it's be funny so hot. to one person. It's really sexy. So, just for you. Love it. An audience of one. Mm-hmm. Keep making me laugh every yeah. night when we go to bed. Yep. Every time I <laughs> take my pants off <laughs> or disrobe in the middle of podcasting <laughs> makes, makes you laugh. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, friends. Good to be back. Hopefully, it won't be another God knows how many weeks. Mm-hmm. But for the new dating paradigm and our 50th episode, this is Matt. This is Jeannie. Thanks, everyone.